All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're back here with another week. Uh, we're staying in the Marvel Universe this time, so... Um, yeah, I, I guess on the fringe. I mean, not quite, but... Uh, I, would, I would call people. this definitely on the fringe of, Mar- of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the very definition of the fringe, I would say. Because when we started reading it, I didn't know for sure. I was like, is this going to be on Marvel Unlimited, or is this a comicsology thing? Oh, yeah, that's, I guess that's a fair point. It's not been super closely tied into the Marvel Universe until maybe recently in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about all of it uh, in a second here. Um, yeah, yeah. Of course, we're uh, without beating around the bush too much, we're going to be doing a Howard the Duck-themed week this week. <laughs> Which is an idea I had completely out of nowhere uh, during last week's podcast. Yeah, so, totally out of left field. <laughs> um, so that's we just we're just jumping right in. Um, basically, what our plan was here was to watch the Howard the Duck movie. That part was was locked in. Oh yeah. Uh, and then I was I did a little bit of quick research just to see what kind of comics that Howard the Duck actually did have. Um, he's got like most of where he started was like old, like there's like an old school run and like, I think the bronze age, which is kind of like where a lot of these references that we'll see in both the movie and the comic come from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we could have covered that, but I don't think that is on Marvel unlimited. As yeah, there's probably find, some weird copyright publishing. It by could that. be, yeah. But the the newer run, the one that started in 2015 by uh, Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quinones, is on Marvel Unlimited. That yep. was the uh, that actually came around the time uh, I think shortly after Guardians of the Galaxy. It would have been okay. Um, it, that would have been around the timeline because they mentioned Gar- they mentioned the movie in the comic. Yeah, and there's characters that show up from that. That's so. true. The Guardians, yeah, we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, they're actually in it. So, um, so yes, yeah, so we're going to be diving into that and then talking about, holy fuck, we watched that movie. Oh, my God. Howard the Duck movie. It I, exceeded my ridiculous expectations. It's always a movie that I knew existed, but I didn't really know what to expect out of it. And uh, yeah. Even watching it, it continuously surprised me. So I'm still kind of like in I'm all of it. <laughs> like I'm still trying to process. Yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot of moving parts there, uh, and lot. a kick-ass song which we'll talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, which that you was... might have seen. I posted it on Twitter, but we'll get there. Oh yeah. Um, if it's your first time joining us, if you saw Howard the Duck and you were like, "Holy shit, I got <laughs> to jump on this podcast." Um, if you're new to the show, usually it's kind of like a book club podcast. It's the easiest way to describe it. Um, yeah. Every week we choose a different uh, trade paperback, a different comic book. To cover um a lot of times it's superhero stuff marvel and dc but sometimes not i mean we've done power rangers hellboy lock and key a bunch of other, uh, indie stuff as well oh yeah uh, so it's really just comic books in general um but the twist is at the end we'll also we like to compare it to a uh an adaptation of that character or that team or sem- semi-related at the very least same franchise yeah exactly um and just to kind of see how it was adapted uh why it was adapted in some cases <laughs> like this one <laughs> usually that's the question yeah, why was this adapted <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we usually compare it there like we'll do uh, compare it to a TV show compare it to a movie like we're doing today um, is usually what we'll do so it, it depends on the, on the property oh, yeah. um, so, the, so the easiest example is this week we're doing that Howard the Duck book and then we're going to compare it to what they call Howard the Duck movie oh yeah uh, so just to get get your feet in the water there, uh, if you ever want to see what we're reading ahead of time, if you want to see what we're doing next week, uh, or just in general, we are on Twitter over at Agents of Podcast. That's where you can see ahead of time what we're reading. As I've mentioned before, um, we also always follow you back if you follow us. So it's a good way to engage with people, uh, find more people to follow. As far as discussing comics, is mm-hmm. what I've found. I mean, the, I've met a lot of people on Twitter just like uh, from there initially. Oh yeah, uh, to discuss comics. So it's pretty cool. So we'll follow you back, engage with what, what yeah, you're it's reading. Yeah, nice to you know everyone on Twitter. Is- and a total piece of garbage. Yes. There are good people out there. Uh, but most of them are bad. <laughs> <laughs> the large majority. Yeah, Twitter is a cesspool sometimes. But yeah, it's not good. Y- if you can curate it. Some would it, say it could be the downfall of humanity. Yeah. Or at yeah. least social media I think in that's general. Facebook. Facebook.
Facebook is going to be there first, I think. Well, I think just social media in general. I think Facebook has already brought down humanity. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least a couple pegs. <laughs> yeah, we got a, we got some recovering to do of, uh, after Facebook was created. Oh, yeah. If you want to, we also do take requests for episodes as well. Um, if you want to leave a request for an episode, you can do that on our Patreon over at patreon.com slash agents of comic book. Uh, to leave a one episode request, you just have to sign up at the $5 level. Uh, but you can, if you do the $10 level, do up to a three-part series, which we did just did relatively recently. We did a three-part series on the Power Rangers that was requested on Patreon. Yep. Um, so you can, you definitely have that opportunity as well. Or if you just want to join at the $1 level, you can uh, get an invite to our Discord server as well, where we discuss uh, not only the comics we're reading, but just generally we dick around. And I've got a bunch of really good emotes that I'm building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been going ham on I've those. I've been on a tear making Discord emotes. I, I, like As I read comics, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. And I'll cut it out. I've gotten better with Photoshop. Nice. I'm picking up some skills. Yeah, I know. You've been getting some gold ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I even got some from the movies. I got a, a good emote of our Fantastic Four oh, waving yeah. one that, from, from the Fantastic Four movie we covered. That, one, that one's an all-timer. <laughs> yeah, we did the unreleased Fantastic Four movie last uh, week, if you haven't listened to that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a, that's a worth while watch. That was, uh, I mean, Howard the Duck was better than that movie? It had to yeah, have been. Yeah. If had I had been. to pick one of the two to watch, I would pick Howard At the least Duck. this one was in, like, a quality. This one was released. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Fantastic Four, I was just more like, what is happening? This is ridiculous. And this movie, I actually, like, genuinely left. So, uh, they had Yeah, a part, parts were genuine laughs. Part, I mean, parts were not. <laughs> not genuine laughs from jokes they were trying to land. Oh, sure. It was more just the ridiculousness more of, of what was More of a good time, happening. sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's more of just like a, Jesus, this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I cut out um, that that Fantastic Four wave as an emote, and I also made a, there was a pretty good Howard the Duck one from Joe Quinones that I added. Yeah, uh, I like him that shaking one a lot. his fist in the sky from the first issue. Yeah, that was great. Um, so we'll get to that. Um, actually, right now we'll get to it right now. Oh yeah, let's jump in. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna be talking about Howard the Duck uh, issues one through five. Uh, I do want to call out one thing, which is a little weird. Is it's the first run of Howard the Duck that. Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quinones did uh, that they did I should say okay um, because it gets renumbered after number five they make a joke about it yeah at the I was end gonna too. say they bring that up yeah so they it got renumbered again so if you're trying to find uh, this book to read Howard the Duck one through five you might accidentally read the newer run so just try to find like the one that that went first that's the easiest way yeah uh, the front cover is like him with uh, it's like him in an office like with uh, his jacket over his shoulder yeah. like in his hanging up his hat yeah you'll see it there because um, the creative team is the same too so that's what makes it hard. I think, like when you're trying to find it on, like, uh, on, like, especially if you're trying to find it like a copy in a paperback. Yeah, exactly. Then there's like no way to tell. Yep. On digital, you can at least like look around. Yeah, I usually just try to like search by the artists or whatever. Mm-hmm. I find that's easier to narrow it down. Uh, but speaking of the artist and the rest of the creative team, I'm going to go through the creative team right here. We have, uh, as I mentioned already, this story is written by uh, Chip Zdarsky. This was actually his first book at Marvel, hmm. um, and he kept getting more and more work after that. Uh, he was actually. What did he do before that? Uh, before that, he was actually more known as an artist. Okay. He, he does a book called Sex Criminals with uh, Matt <laughs> Fraction. That's awesome. It, it's about a girl whose superpower is anytime she has an orgasm, time freezes and she can commit crimes. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so that's where they got this. Uh, that's where he got his start. He started out as an artist on that book. Okay. So this was his first writing gig, at least gotcha. as far as superhero books go, I think. Okay. Um, and he's he's kept getting better and better. Like he's he started out as kind of like 
like a comedy writer, which is what like, you know these books are. Yeah, yeah. Um, these these are very lighthearted, like jokey books. Yeah, um, they're tongue in cheek. Yeah, although there are some like kind of heavy moments that I want to call out as we go through there. Oh, there are some cool. great moments. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Chip Zdarsky, he kind of I think he was kind of planting those just to kind of show like, hey, I can do more than just what you're hiring me for. Like, yeah, I can definitely. write like good stories and have good character moments. Hell yeah. Because uh, after this, he went on to do a book uh, the, called The Invaders, which is about Captain America and Namor and Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, he does a fantastic fucking Wait, Namor, run. is that X-Men? Uh, kinda. He's a mutant. He's like the Aquaman of the Marvel but Universe. I, I, is he in the Morrison X-Men? Because I feel like I've seen... Uh, if he is... Cause I've been reading that recently, and I feel like I saw him. If he is, it's gotta be like a cameo. Okay. Because he is a mutant, but I don't think he's in that run. Okay. Yeah, I can't... Um, I might be mixing But he's basically with... like Aquaman if he was like a totalitarian dick. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> no, he's an asshole. He's not a good guy. Okay. He's also part of the Illuminati, so the... Ah. Uh, but yeah, so he... And then he also, uh, after that, went on to write, like, a really, really, really good run on Daredevil. Like, okay. it's it's so good right now. Really? Like, um, that's one of my favorite books. Oh, that's the current right one right now? Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he he's killing it on Daredevil. I think it's going to go down as one of the better runs on Daredevil, but I want to well, wait until it wraps up just to... to and, and that's a that's a bold claim. Get a too. whole picture, yeah. Yeah, because the hot Dare, take. Daredevil only has good runs. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's to be like already like t- towards the top. Like he's got some of my favorite Daredevil moments already. Is that just your opinion, or is that a pretty big consensus? Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's, I'm speaking for myself, but I yeah, would say yeah. it's probably. Pre- I mean, it's pre- very highly regarded. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Chip Zdarsky is definitely a name to pay attention to. Um, the artist on here is Joe Quinones, who I'm also a big fan of. We actually, uh, I don't know if you were with me, but I, I talked to him at C2E2. He was at the convention I, we went I'm to. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Uh, right and before Civilization ended. Have we read anything? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally like the week before. Oh yeah, no, I'm glad like, we went to that up. convention. Because like we went to C2E2 like right at the end of February when people were just like hearing about the... Dude, no... The first confirmed coronavirus case was in the United States like that, that weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure the shutdown in wisconsin happened like the week after we got back yep so like yeah it was crazy that was literally like our last bastion of like this is what life used to be (laughs) yeah that was the the last time i was in a crowd of like more than 10 or 20 yeah i'm like clinging to that memory still like (laughs) that was what humanity was (laughs) (laughs) there's still hope uh but yeah we ran into joe quinones there i had him sign my copy of uh dial h for hero which is what he does right now for dc what are the big ones he does um he he did art for um he does he does a lot of really good cover art um as far as interiors i think he's done this book he does dial h for hero over at dc okay i don't know what other ones he's done for interiors i think he's done a lot of covers though gotcha um because he did a lot of really good covers for that um america chavez book which was terrible but the covers were all great oh mm-hmm. yeah no i i know exactly what you're talking about then mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's uh he's one of my favorite artists because he's got like a lot of talent in being like uh um Having like variety in his drawings too, like mm-hmm. having characters that look stylistically different. Like there's a part in Dial H for Hero, which not to get too far off track, but yeah. he he, could, he literally like draws characters all in different styles of different artists as part of the joke. Hmm. So it's like he's crazy talented. Joe Pannonis is great. Yeah, no, this whole book is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then on colors we have uh, Rico Renzi, who's a, a very renowned uh, color artist as well. He he does uh, colors on like Spider Gwen, which is like my favorite oh, okay. part of that book, which is the colors. Okay. Um. So he and you can kind of see that like as we turn to the first page in this book, like it's like this a- alien running through the cosmos as like one of the collector's goons goes after him, and the colors in here are fantastic. Yeah, like, all the cosmos sections look amazing in mm-hmm. this. Yeah, it's just like really. Um, I, I, again, we've talked about how bad we are at describing <laughs> art, so I'm just gonna say this is very good. Yeah, that's my expert analysis. This my, is good colors. Oh yeah, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, my my drawing ability and any kind of artistic ability with painting or art is not good. On a scale of one to good, this is good. Oh yeah, I, will I say would that. rate this as a good thing. <laughs> that's my expert art opinion. Here. <laughs> uh, the comic opens up with. Uh, 
Howard the Duck in jail. Uh, he's in like the uh, I guess what you call it, like the drunk tank or whatever. Yeah, it's just um, the pits. Yeah, it's where it's like they they re- like they arrest you, bring you in, but then they probably let you go pretty soon. Yeah, you pretty much just spend the night and sober up. Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, so he gets released, and he gets released with uh, another person, just on coincidence. Her name is going to be a new character for this run. Her name is uh, Tara Tam. Um, she was she's going to be end up being like kind of his uh, like detective partner in this. Yeah, sidekick. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's kind of quite, they get released, and like the the cops are like, we don't know anything about you guys. It seems like you were just created yesterday. <laughs> You've just appeared out of nowhere with no trace of your identity. Right. It's like an almost meta moment. Oh yeah, it's completely meta. It's like you have not existed until just now. Uh, so so and Howard makes a comment too, kind of briefly explaining his origins. He's like, listen, I fell all the way through the nexus of realities and ended up here. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like that's basically all you need to know about him. Is he's a duck who fell through a wormhole and he's here. It's pretty pretty yeah. boilerplate. Uh, when we get to the movie. Movie, we'll see what that world looks like and it's who <laughs> yeah the transition in the movie is definitely something yeah um but yeah we don't see that here we're just kind of living his life um he, he him and uh tara kind of um pick up a friendship right away because he uh, howard's like wait you're not like freaked out that i'm a talking duck yeah this is amazing she's like the first person on this planet to not have the first thing uh they say when they see him is oh my god it's a duck right so he's like you're hired <laughs> uh and we get to see our first look of uh howard's office which is great he uh he's like office like next door neighbors with she hulk yeah like shares the office space kind of yeah uh they, they yeah they share a building i think they i think they have different doors well it it's like an like. office where like if you're on the same floor you you share it sometimes you'll share a kitchen oh yeah like a better call like, saw kind of situation yeah like yeah. in uh or in curb your enthusiasm like yep. larry always shares an office with someone right um and it's funny when we first see she hulk she's sitting there singing taylor swift which is great <laughs> <laughs> and she's looking at an article that says uh 20 cat pictures that will make you forget you live in a world of super-powered wonder and horror. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. There's a lot of little Easter eggs in the art that I like. She could do a little better than Taylor Swift, but I'll give it to hey, her. Hey, listen, well, J- Jennifer can uh, dig some Taylor Swift. I, I suppose. It's not my thing, but go for it. <laughs> Howard's like mad that, that she didn't bail him out as if that's going to be her job or as if she has a reason to give a shit. Yeah. Because he like goes up to the window, and this is where I get my uh, Howard the Duck shaking his fist emoji for the, yep. the, the Discord server. He's like, wow. <laughs> it's a perfect... I love that that sound that he makes. Uh, it's always typed out in the dialogue boxes. His wah, because I always read it like Waluigi. Yeah, it wah. took me a couple. <laughs> took me a couple times to like think about how I wanted the sound that in my head. Yeah, it's like a duck cry. Either like wah or wah, and then yeah, yeah I settled on the wah because yeah, it has a little Waluigi. Yeah, in it's it. just Waluigi in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good mix. Um, but what's what's kind of fun about this comic um, is because it has like a lighthearted kind of jokey tone to it. They kind of play it loose with the continuity a little bit too. Like yeah. characters are allowed to just be in it yeah. for no reason. Like even if it doesn't make sense. And um, a lot of the big characters that they like have come in and out are like drastically different than a lot of takes give them. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's usually just in a you know comedic kind it's of kind of yeah. It's kind of like that Harley Quinn show where it's like it, it's a goofier take, but it's always like super in character. Yeah, it's like caricatures of characters. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Um, but like it kind of fits like how they would react to these people because like it starts yep. out with Howard getting a uh, a job from this like mysterious guy kind of like all wrapped up in a disguise. Yeah, he, sa- he says he's looking for this like powerful necklace. Yeah, looking real not shady, looking for some <laughs> ancient like jewel necklace. Right, no, this will be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's like nothing been, to worry about. It's been stolen by the Catwoman, and Howard's like, wait, what? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, uh, oh no, 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 you mean Black Cat? No, I was confused for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, then we get introduced to the next best character, his secretary, which is just like a a bunch of trash piled together with a mop for a wig. That was funny, especially (laughs) later when it gets attacked. It's like, oh, please uh, have Carol or whatever, like, see you on your way out. It's like, wait, who's that? It's like, oh, my secretary. It's like, you mean that pile of trash with, like, the mop for her? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yeah, can we talk about, um, is that She-Hulk's monkey? 
Yeah, I, I, I haven't read a lot of She-Hulk. I guess she does have a pet monkey. That, yeah. That's got to be a thing. Either way, it's awesome. <laughs> the monkey's great because like, uh, Howard gets left in the office with just the monkey. Yeah. And he's like, oh, ho, monkey, watch this. I'm about to steal something from her desk here, this phone number. Yeah, it takes <laughs> a phone number from her roll of dice. <laughs> and the monkey's like giving him faces like, no, don't do it. It <laughs> just stares him down, mean mugging. Yeah, that's why uh, the Quinon- uh, Joe Quinones is really good at like expressive faces. It's, like I'm noticing especially for comedy. Yeah, Cause, definitely. Because like, like, the way this monkey looks at him, it's like a meme. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the stare down like clenched eyes yeah um and then so spider-man gets introduced i mean black cat was here we knew spider-man yeah was you knew that up. had to come so howard meets him on the rooftop like he kind of like tricks him into meeting him there and he's like listen i know you know black cat i know you guys are, are real close you guys are always on uh you know doing your thing yeah uh, so like get me her number like i need to talk to black cat like i have business <laughs> with her and, and peter's like dude you're a talking duck <laughs> this is what howard means he's like nobody takes him seriously exactly yeah uh, but Peter, I think in his head, he's like, this is like, there's no way this guy's like ready to take on the black cat. I'm just going to keep him far away from this. Because in Peter's head, he's trying to keep Howard safe, I think. Exactly. If you give this guy any information that brings him any closer to black cat and something happens to him, like, you're definitely a little responsible. Right. And that's going to come <laughs> up in a minute here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he uh, he goes to Tara. And so Tara's the only one who's going to be able to help him with this. That's the only one who's like taking him seriously, as he's mentioned. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so th- they have this plan. Their new plan is they're going to have to break into the black cat's like uh, penthouse uh, suite. Yeah, I got to steal from the thief. <laughs> their plan is hilarious, too, because they their plan is to, I guess, sneak in as pizza delivery people. Yeah, we get a sweet montage page, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> they have, like, the montage, like, Rocky with, like, a song playing in the background. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but then they're, they have a disguise as pizza delivery people, which is them, like, with Italian shirts and chef's hats. I mean, it's not the worst. Cause no, it kind of is. Like, like, why are we wearing chef's hats? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if someone walks in, like, it's better than wearing, like, a ski mask and a black jacket. It's like, oh, we we're must have had the wrong place <laughs> i guess <yeah. laughs> did you order delivery you're gonna need someone <laughs> super dumb to pull that one off though. well yeah you, but it's it's an option at least um but they do end up finding the necklace they're looking for like uh and tara's hilarious because she's like well if we can't find the necklace we can just steal everything and look for it later and she's like covered in jewelry <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean if you're gonna break into a vault with a bunch of priceless things you might as well snag a few right i mean these are all <laughs> stolen uh relics anyway yeah no one's missing them <laughs> right and then black cat uh walks in with her goons like she's still in her street clothes she wasn't expecting to find him here yeah and i i kind of like the way that Joe Quinones like draws her like surprise face too. Um, cause there's one thing that I kind of like that artists do where, um, one of my favorite artists, Tyler Crook does this too, but like when there's like, you can do in smaller panels, kind of sometimes a more expressive face. If you don't draw the eyes and you, it's kind of just like a dot. Yeah. It makes it kind of look like a surprised, uh, you can do like a surprised, uh, almost like a smiley face looking thing. Yeah. yeah. But, like in smaller panels, I think it looks really good. I wish more artists would kind of use that. Yeah, because otherwise you take up too much space to make too much detail of the eye. Right, it's not expressive enough. It just looks like a face. You can't really do like the... Can't get the expressions from the eyebrows. Because you don't have as much room for the detail. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, But as Howard tries to escape uh, Black Cat's suite here, I mean, Black Cat's caught by surprise at first because the whole building shakes for some reason. Yeah. Uh, So that gives Howard the chance to run up to the roof, but by then Black Cat's already full uniform going after him. But then on the roof is we see this uh, collector goon that we saw at the opening uh, of the comic. Yeah. And he's trying to, to, I guess, procure this necklace uh, and Howard the Duck as well. Yeah, so this is kind of where I think the reference to the movie comes in because this is the collector looking for Howard the duck yep. which is where we found him in the guardians of the galaxy exactly movie. yeah so i think this is kind of where that ties in yep because the uh one of the collector's goons kind of like this ai like robot henchman shows up and just kind of zaps howard out of nowhere howard still has the necklace i believe mm-hmm. uh so black cat's like well shit i just lost my shit <laughs> and then the the best part is peter parker swings in and he sees this all happen because he heard the commotion he's like oh no howard went after black cat without me yep and so he swings in and he just sees like this like burnt mark where howard was standing <laughs> yeah some smoking ash yeah and he's like Oh no, like 
Howard, like, I, I could have stopped this. Like, <laughs> and he, like, cr- he, like, falls to his knees. It's like, kind of a sad moment because he's like, Uncle Ben, I've failed you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, uh, kind of hilarious. You're like, oh, he's failed his whole mission. Yeah, he starts breaking Because of Howard the Duck. <laughs> well, and at some point, I don't know if when it comes up or if it already did, but they, like, actually call him, like, Spider-Man Andrew Garfield. So, oh, I, yeah, so right. I think Chip Zdarsky is like writing this Spider-Man as like an overdramatized version of the Andrew right. Garfield Spider-Man. And every failure is like, no, Uncle Ben. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some pretty good moments like that. Uh, but then the first issue ends with the cliffhanger of now Howard the Duck is in jail um, and his cellmate is Rocket Raccoon. And how Rocket Raccoon's like, I've got other plans. I'm breaking out of here. So this is literally like Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, like, I know that guy. Yeah, this is volume one Guardians of the Galaxy to a T right now. Oh, yeah. Because they're kind of, they're not in the kiln like they call it in the movie. But they're basically in, if you're trying to imagine what this looks like, they're basically in a prison just like you see in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Very similar. Yeah, they're all wearing like the yellow jumpsuits with like the hologram uh, like bar doors and whatnot. Yep. Um, but it's the collector's base. What his plan is is kind of gross. <laughs> his plan is to he's got one Howard the Duck. So the collector is thinking, okay, I have one, I have the collection, but now oh, yeah. we need one more. We need a female duck to make a, the regrow the species. Yep. And so they literally tie Howard to the table, and they're like, "We're gonna extract your DNA." And he's like, "What do you mean by that?" <laughs> and they they have Rocket Raccoon there too because they're thinking the same thing. Rocket yep. Raccoon and and Howard the Duck are actually very similar. Um, whereas Howard the Duck was transported from an alternate universe, uh, Rocket Raccoon kind of came from like a pocket, like uh, a planet that's kind of like locked in its own like uh, cage, essentially. No one can access it. Oh, okay. It was all like scientific experiments on animals. So he comes from a planet where like all animals were like experimented on and became intelligent. So it's just a planet of a bunch of mad scientists experimenting on animals? Yeah, it's more like a Looney Tunes planet. But oh, they, okay. they also face attack by killer clowns. It's a weird issue. That sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> it's an incredible Hulk, if anyone wants to read it. Gotcha. Hulk, like, finds himself in space and meets Rocket Raccoon and does battle with a bunch of clowns. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, but Rocket Raccoon, like you said, he has a plan to escape here. So before they get, you know, their stuff extracted, he yeah, breaks yeah. out of the shackles and, uh, and yeah, free. Yeah, because Howard's just freaking the hell out and Rocket's just like, dude, settle down. Like, I got a plan, but you can't freak out. <laughs> He's like, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> Uh, I, I like this issue, though, because it kind of, like, it's what I was talking about, too, where each issue kind of has, like, it's, it's all, like, jokey. It's it's pretty funny, too, but, like, yeah. as it goes through, there are moments that kind of, like, get a little, like, add character depth to them without, you mm-hmm. know, taking it as a joke. Because this whole issue kind of centers around, like, the collector is uh, planning on ripping this, like, the core out of a planet, essentially. Yep. Um, to, to collect it and add it to his collection. So by the time Rocket has a plan, his plan is basically just get the fuck out of here. Uh, because the Guardians of the Galaxy break in. This was their plan all along to yeah, get in yeah. here and they help, got help an extraction. Escape. Right. And it's the team from the movie. We have Star-Lord, Gamora, Groot, and Drax. Um, but the part I, w- I was talking about at the end here, which I really like, is as uh, as the Guardians are about to escape, because they have Rocket, they have what they came for, they're all ready to go, yep. and they're going to bring Howard with them, um, and Howard's like, looking back, he's like, wait, like this whole this whole place is fucked up, this is like a giant jail cell, like, these people are not lawfully in prison. <laughs> yeah. Like, these people have all been abducted. This isn't a good time. Right, and so Howard's pissed, he's like, we're just leaving all these people here? Like, these people are imprisoned, like, for no good reason, they should not be here. Like, yep. are, like, um, like, these people don't deserve this, and Peter's like, oh, listen, like, we don't have room on the ship, like, if we stayed, the Collector would come back and destroy us all. Mm-hmm. Like, the Collector is like an a uber-powerful, like, cosmic lord, like, we yep. cannot take him on. And Howard, like, throws his arms up, he's like, you can't do this, like, and he looks back, like, on the planet, he's like, you can't just leave people behind. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like uh, a heavy moment because it's like, yeah, you can't leave people behind. I was the one who was left behind. I know how that feels. Yeah, exactly. And so like it just zooms out on the ship and he's like, you can't. And, and that's how the issue kind of ends. Yep. Um, 
but there is a touching moment after that. This is one of my favorite issues in the mini, actually, because um, they drop uh, Howard off back where they left him on the rooftop. And it's funny because Peter's still there. He, yeah, he's, he's like set up a vigil. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a bunch of candles and like a bunch of five o'clock shadow all over him. Yeah, he's like, I failed Howard the Duck. This is for his memory. He's like, Howard the Duck's like the new Uncle Ben. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Rocket drops him off and there's a really great moment between the two of them. Uh, cause Rocket, uh, cause you know, Howard's just like fucking off. He's like, you know, thanks for the lift. I'm out of here. But yeah, but uh, Rocket's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he, and he says, uh, look, I'm a simple guy. I like shooting things. I, I like anticipating shooting things, but even I can see your little freak out on the ship is something more. I, I can see your pain. And, uh, he says, well, and he, he reassures him too. He's like, listen, we'll rescue the others and, and I'll let you know when we do, I'll, I'll make sure that I, you know, he wants to prove it to him. He's like, I promise you I'll do it. Like this yep. is my bond. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great moment for rocket where he's like, no, like these other guys are assholes. I'll, I'll make sure they do the right thing. I know. I feel like that kind of differs from the MCU rocket too. Cause I feel like the MCU rockets more like a, just a bandage. It's like, ah, oh, we rob and steal. Like we're pirates. Yeah. But yeah, probably at first <laughs> he, at least yeah. he does. Yeah. I guess by the end of the second guardians, he's kind of more, has a little more humanity, but mm-hmm. so I like that where rockets like, no, listen, you were right. Like we can't just leave those people there. We're going to take care of it. And I'll let yeah. you know when we do. So you know that, you know, we're not lying. Yeah. And then as he leaves, he's like, but you got to deal with that pain. Cause it's cool. Cause like I said, these two are kind of like kindred spirits. Like mm-hmm. they, they come from different places, but they're kind of the same thing. They're both just viewed as like weird outcasts. Yeah. Whenever people see him like oh holy shit it's a talking raccoon or a talking duck. right <laughs> so uh so I, I really like that connection it was it was cool that they actually had uh rocket and howard had have that interaction there um also i want to point out that this the second issue here also has a, a fantastic one of my favorite covers um because great cliffhanger um well also that, we'll, the cover or the cliffhanger no the cover okay. um, before i get to that we'll, we'll get gotcha. to the cliffhanger in a second oh yeah um but the cover for this or at least one of the alternate covers is um i don't know if i've told you this but marvel for a while was doing a bunch of like hip-hop variant covers yeah you, yep yep so artists would draw kind of like uh, a hip-hop album like the chronic or like you know doggy style or something yeah do it do it in the style of that comic book and make it a comic book cover yeah yeah so it would be like you know for the chronic they had like a dr strange and it was the mystic and it, it, was, like, <laughs> doc, it was like dr strange instead of uh, dr dre yeah yeah um so but for this one it's really cool the cover for this one is a playoff run the jewels 2 and it's got uh Rocket and uh, Howard the Duck as uh, LP and Killer Mike like doing the pose, doing the Run the Jewels like this bump, <laughs> uh, gun like thingy. Yeah, I so I love that so much. Yeah, so that that's like one of my best, uh, one of my favorite like hip hop uh, covers that they did, like the crossover because that's uh, that that's just prime, I think. Oh yeah, do they not have that on Marvel? No, you can't see it. Yeah, on you the, gotta look it up online. Yeah, you just gotta Google it. So just Google like uh, Howard the Duck uh, Run the Jewels variant. You'll yeah, see yeah. it there. It's it's pretty cool. I wish I had a copy of it myself. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, so the cliffhanger you were going to talk about is as Howard the Duck goes back in, he, he's got the necklace still. He was able to take it back with him. Um, but he goes back to find Tara uh, over at the um, at her. She runs tattoo like a tattoo shop. shop. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as he goes in, there's someone there looking for him. And it turns around and it's Aunt May. And she's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great cliffhanger. Because you're like, wait, Aunt May? What the fuck? Yeah, I, yeah, I was super confused because I didn't know if like. This was some in part of the universe where there was like an evil Aunt May. Oh, no. or like, yeah. I was just like, is this part of the story? But yeah, you find out a little later. The, the to be continued in the corner is hilarious too because it's like, next issue, Aunt May's finally got a gun. Does she know how to use it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that line. So yeah, the next one is going to kind of solve that mystery. It ends up being there's like a bunch of, um, they're basically brainwashing uh, old people into doing crimes. Yeah, throughout the first issue, a uh, couple issues, there's just like random flashes where someone will bring up about a random crime, how there's been an uptick in crime of old people committing burglaries and like robberies. Right. 
Um, but like when he confronts Aunt May later, like he, she doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Um, so there's this kind of like it's kind of like they're hypnotizing old people and then having them commit crimes and then just you know using them as plausible deniability. Yeah. Because they'll just be like, oh, Grandma doesn't remember anything. You yeah. Know? It's basically MK Ultra. And yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like evilly clever. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so she takes the like the Aunt May while she's brainwashed takes the necklace. So Howard loses it. Yeah. So again. when he goes. So when he goes back to his office, uh, that guy who originally hired him is there, that shady guy. He's not happy. No, he's not, because he cuts the head <laughs> off his secretary. Yeah, Donna. No. <laughs> Donna hits the dust. <laughs> and he like holds up the head in like a silhouette black panel, too, like Daredevil. is like, yeah, no. The bottom corner is a great silhouette of him mourning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next, oh my God, there's like a scene at the park, which I thought was genius. This would, I seriously like laughed out. I busted out laughing yeah. when I saw this. Because like, this must be a trick that Howard does to get food sometimes. I mean, honestly, if you can get past the degradation, it's a great way to save money. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> you see him at the park, like it shows like a, a couple ducks quacking and like getting bird, like yep. are getting bread from yeah, like, yeah. Uh, people feeding birds. Yep. And you see Howard the duck like naked on all fours acting like a duck quacking. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's only going to work on, like, senile people, though. Like, <laughs> that's what he's doing, yeah. Yeah, if you, if, if you go against someone who's, like, actually normal, and they see, like, a duck that size walking around. Am I on like, acid? <laughs> like, what is that thing? <laughs> Jesus, run. And so Tara comes up to him, he's like, he's like, duck, what are you doing? Are you still doing this? And he's like, you're going to blow my cover. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pro tip, though, actually, don't feed birds bread. Oh yeah, is that a it's thing? It's not good for him. Oh okay. I mean, it won't it won't kill him after a long time of like eating it. It will, but like it's actually really not good for him. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't seem like that's something they should be eating. Yeah, they're supposed to eat like seeds and stuff like that. Yeah, like, go buy some seeds if a, you're gonna go. A feed bunch birds. of carbohydrates are not good for birds. <laughs> you gotta bring bread out there specifically to feed birds anyway. You might as well just bring the right thing with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so see the uh, the plan that Howard and Tara have is okay. They're kidnapping old people. We have to go undercover as old people, which their their plans are terrible. It's always the same plan. <laughs> <laughs> they Pretty keep much. having the same plan. Let's get terrible disguises and just kind of walk in. <laughs> yeah, they're just wacky disguising it. But uh, when they break in, there is kind of like, he almost looks like the Mad Hatter, like mixed with the Riddler. Um, yeah, it's an interesting design. Yeah, it's like this goofy like hypn- uh, hypnotism villain. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see who he is in a minute here, but I, I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty sure he's supposed to look like the Mad Hatter Riddler. I think right here. Yeah, it's kind of the vibe. It's probably it's a parody. Um, but they sneak in. They're able to get the amulet, uh, and so that pisses him off, and he reveals him, uh, who he really is. Uh, it's a character I'm actually not super familiar with uh, called Talos the Untamed. He's a scroll. Um, he's actually in the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that the dude who's like good? Yeah, yeah. in the Captain Marvel movie, he's pretty much a good guy. But in yeah, this, yeah. I think he's originally a villain. Yeah, okay. So they were just twisting it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a name. Second week in a row, we're dealing with the scrolls, though. I was gonna say it's been a theme. Yeah, so we're getting some scroll time in because yeah. the scrolls are gonna come up again too uh, in the, in the ending here. I'll play a huge part actually. Oh yeah. There's some uh, kind of like minis at the end of each issue too, just kind of like doing like small bits. Um, I want to call out this one just because I thought it was funny because it's like Howard the Duck uh, being the lawyer for a bunch of superhero like impersonators. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's uh, just one really good look, good line that I like because uh, one of the impersonators like calls out. Uh, he's basically doing like a comic skater kind of spiel where he's like, "All the heroes keep getting replaced by like minorities and like uh, yeah, yeah. people of color, and I can't get a job anymore. I'm a white <laughs> they male took impersonator." Their jobs. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and Howard's like looks at him. He's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You're like." 
a generic looking six foot tall white dude. I can cast you as any superhero. <laughs> it's like, listen, you're Captain America now. Now you're Colossus. Done. <laughs> so I thought that was like a really good bit being like, there's enough white dudes. Exactly. <laughs> we, like there's ample to pick from. They're covered. Yeah. So that was a good way to kind of show that. I thought that was subtly played, but kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, So with, with now that they have the amulet, they're kind of like back where they started now. So he's trying to figure out, because he knows that he can't take it back to the guy who hired him, because the guy who hired him is Talos. Yeah. So he's like, well, you got to figure out what the hell this is. Yeah. Now he's like, well, what do I do with this fucking thing? <laughs> um, and so he takes it to uh, Grimwich Village. We're about to meet Doctor Strange. And there's kind of a, um, a funny moment here. Uh, there's a, this is kind of a really funny take on Doctor Strange. I yeah, enjoyed it this. Because it shows like Wong answers the door. This is like typically how it starts. Like someone will knock on Strange's door. Wong will answer. And then you'll go in and Strange will be doing something mysterious that like you aren't supposed to understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the twist on it this time is Wong's like, no, no, no. He's busy. He's in the shadow dimension. Like if you don't go in there and disturb him, he's yeah. probably saving the world. Yeah, he's doing battle. <laughs> <laughs> and Howard's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll go in. Like, is he in here? Is he busy? I'll just walk in. I'll yeah, be fine. walks to a mirror. Yeah, and so he goes into like the fucking like uh, another dimension where he's like swirling through, and this is where the colors come in again. Yeah, some more great like art, like trippy uh, art artwork. Yeah, it reminds me of like classic uh, like Stan Lee um, kind of Doctor Strange kind of the way the art looks in that because it's always just like these beams of like these Kirby dots. Yeah, it looks Um, a little uh, Silver Surfer too. Yep, yeah, it's kind of the same art style as that too. Um, but it's it's hilarious because they go in and he's looking for Doctor Strange, expecting Doctor Strange to be doing like some epic battle yeah. with like probably like Nightmare or something. Yeah. Uh, but he goes in and Doctor Strange is just in here hiding and playing poker. Yeah, <laughs> just playing poker in like a middle dimension. Right. Just like with these two random demons. I think he's playing strip pokers because one of them's in his boxers. Yeah. A couple of them are pretty nude. <laughs> yeah. So Do- Doctor Strange is in this dimension getting his freak on. And oh, he yeah. doesn't want anyone to know. <laughs> hey, he's got to let loose sometimes. Oh, yeah. Of course. I-, I-, I don't blame him. I'm sure he's a busy man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he goes back with uh, Howard the Duck, and he's kind of like, they don't like say it outright, which I think is really funny. Like they don't talk to each other about what just happened and what Howard just saw him doing. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, because how uh, Doctor Strange clearly told Wong he's going in there to save the world. So when they go back out, uh, Howard just kind of like like deftly goes with the lie, but uses it to his advantage. Yeah, because he's like, oh yeah, we were in there, we saved the world. I was instrumental. I was vital. I think. Doctor <laughs> Strange is like. Yeah, he's like I saved your life, right? He's like you saved my life, Howard. Uh, of course, because <laughs> he can't. Now he's stuck in the lie. Yeah. So I thought that was a hilarious take on Doctor Strange, where it's like sometimes he's saving the world, sometimes he's just playing strip poker. Yeah. Uh, but this kind of sets the pitch for what the uh, the I think probably what was going to happen is Chip Zdarsky was told that like Marvel was relaunching all their books coming up soon, so he had to wrap up this arc pretty quick. Yeah. So the way that it's wrapped up is pretty funny. This necklace contains like a gem, like an Infinity Gem, and so, like a knockoff Infinity. Right. Stone. Exactly. Yeah. So they set this up like an MCU movie where it's like there's this gem hanging around and oh no, it's an Infinity Stone. <laughs> I was going to say like after seeing so many of those scenes as soon as this came, like I know it was like a comedy and parody, but I was like, oh great, another Infinity Gauntlet Stone fucking like breakdown. <laughs> yep. But this one's hilarious because he's like, because uh, Howard's like, wait, this is an Infinity Gem? I, I found a part to the Infinity Gauntlet? And he's like, no, 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 no. This Worse. is the abundant glove. <laughs> this is, this, it's a knockoff. Uh, but he, he, he explains what all the gems do. He's like, there's a gem of compassion, laughter, dance, respect, a second dance gem. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the gems for this one. He's like, oh, that's kind of unimpressive. Right. I was like, you really couldn't think of one more? <laughs> you had to go with the second dance? Uh, but Doctor Strange uses uses his magical powers to kind of figure out where the next clue should be, like where these other gems might be. And he gets a vision of like a man on fire on this place called Pure Four. And Howard the Duck kind of uses his like... Uh, 
I guess his, I don't even know what this is. It's like he has a lot, a lot of knowledge that other characters don't seem to retain. He's almost like Gwenpool in a little bit of way. Yeah, he's got some good recall. Yeah, because he's like Pier 4, like that's the Fantastic Four's old headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go there uh, to, it's we kind of get like a little bit of trivia too here. Um, and that's, that's one thing that was I want to call out as well in this book that they did well with was kind of having like, uh, they did their research. Yeah, they had a lot of good citations. Yeah, like they did their research, like each character that he meets, because there's a lot of, it's a lot of, there's like a who's who like throughout this whole thing. There's yeah, like a exactly. lot of Marvel characters making cameos. Yep. And each time they do, like they remember their last interaction with Howard the Duck and it even calls out when it happened. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, all these characters actually do have more interactions with Howard the Duck than you would think. Yeah, no, I appreciated a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another deep, uh, deep cut uh, is coming up up too because we're about to get into the fantastic four stuff yeah there's kind of a funny take where um we actually talked about this last week as well the secret wars yep uh this was an 80s event where uh this is what they're going to try to tie this into the howard the duck story because they meet up with johnny storm and johnny storm's like oh no i know what gem you're talking about it was back during the secret war Mm -hmm. um and i mentioned it last week it was a story where uh this character named the beyonder put everyone in this like he basically broke down the world and reshaped it into just a battle arena called battle world yep um and a bunch of kind of like Pretty famous stuff happened there, like um, Colossus broke up with Kitty, Spider-Man got his black suit, which ended up being be- becoming Venom. It wasn't Venom at that time, but okay. they twisted it later to where it was Venom. Gotcha. So that technically, that's the origin, and they kind of like make a, a play on it, like a joke on it, because Johnny Storm's walking through all the different rooms, like going through what people were doing during that event. He sees like Colossus cheating on Kitty. He's like, oh, <laughs> let me stay out of this. <laughs> and then he goes and he sees Peter Parker like trying on the symbiote suit, and uh, it kind of it basically explains that he found one of these Infinity gems there and just took it with them and then like left it at the old fantastic four headquarters and forgot about it <laughs> and so they're like wait you forgot about it like this is this gem could destroy the world how could you do something so irresponsible and johnny's <laughs> just being himself he's like oh hobby <laughs> yeah sorry so the finale of this kind of ends up turning into like uh kind of like a joke version of like infinity war almost or it's more like the first avengers movie a little bit because it's like a giant yeah. battle for new york over the infinity stones yep um and like the title at the top kind of like plays like kind of plays on that because they're like the title of the arc is Superhero Battle for the Fate of New York and Possibly the World, a totally <laughs> original concept from Chip and Joe's Basement of Ideas. <laughs> um, but it shows like the cavalry coming in. We got uh, a lot of who the uh, Avengers were at the time. So it's uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, uh, Spider-Woman, a uh, character named Silk, who's like a Spider-Man related character that I don't know too much about. A Squirrel Girl too, I think. Yeah, Squirrel Girl shows up. It's a lot of those uh, kind of like, um, 2015 era like characters yeah. that were showing up a lot um, and this is luckily right before um, Secret Wars so the, fanta- the rest of the Fantastic Four are allowed to be here because okay. right after the Secret Wars would happen and they would basically delete Reed Richards and Sue Storm off the planet for like five years gotcha um, but the twist of this battle comes when because it's basically just a big superhero battle this is where a lot of the moments where I was talking about before happened where Howard's making references to everybody yeah Talos just summons like a bunch of like colorful looking like monster kind of toy well, things that are just talking about wanting to dance with people well those are the gems I think. Like, uh, oh, those oh, so are creatures. Indiv- they like the dance gem created like a dance monster. Oh, so each gem is its own like monster thing. Yeah, like a projection. Oh, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we can learn a little bit more about uh, Tara. Tara's going to get some character development here because yeah, it, this was a cool twist because she's not just going to be a human psychic. She has powers, and yep. we're about to see how that happened. Because Howard notices it when she like extends her arm like Mister Fantastic to punch somebody. Yep, or almost like stab him. She like makes a knife out of it. Um, and he's like, "Whoa, how did you do that?" And uh, he realizes it right away. He's like, "Wait." Are you a scroll? Well, no, actually, he said he'd known for a while because he had seen her tattoos like move before. Oh yeah, you're right. He does mention. So that. I think they. I think he noticed even like, but when they first met, like when they were still in jail, we just didn't call it out. Yeah, because yeah. she even says like, "Wait, you knew I was a scroll, and like that didn't bother you." And he's just like, "Hey, like 
like I don't care. Like you didn't care that I was a dumb. Right, fan, you were the first, so. only person to accept me. So yeah. it's like fuck it. Yep. Um, but she explains her origin here, which is another like really great deep cut reference. So I want to back up and explain this a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I really appreciated that I knew like vaguely. That I had told what, you about yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't read what it is, but I at least had knowledge of it. Yeah, so and she it made it a lot better. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll explain it for everybody here too. Yeah, give um, me a, probably a breakdown. Right. So she explains that she's a scroll, but she's not a scroll. She mm. has the abilities of a scroll, but she's human. Mm-hmm. And Howard's like, well, how did that happen? And this is a thing in Marvel. So this everything they're about to explain this is, is canon. This is not a bit. This <laughs> happened. Yep. Um, she says like, oh well, there was these uh, these people called the uh, like the Skrull Kill Crew, and they were people who got the powers of the Skrull and used it to go around, you know, hunting the Skrull on Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Howard's like, well, wait, how did they get their powers? And she's like, oh well, that's a weird story. And this is a tie-in to... go to the Wayback Machine to 1961. Yeah, let's go way back here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go all the way back to the 60s with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby on Fantastic Four number two. Yep. Um, I, I actually have read this issue. I read like the first couple issues of that Fantastic Four run. I plan on going back and doing all of it eventually because I've okay. heard it's really good. Gotcha. Um, but the second issue is bizarre. Because um, what's cool about that original Fantastic Four comic is it kind of lays the groundwork for a lot of what the Marvel Universe would, was going to become. Gotcha. Because um, introdu- like, each issue like introduces a new concept that's going to be like vital to the Marvel Universe. So the second one introduces the Skrulls. Hmm. This is the very second issue of, of uh, Fantastic Four shows the Skrulls. Okay. And they're pretty much as we know them, like shape-shifting aliens. They even like uh, teach one of their shape-shifting aliens to get all the powers of the Fantastic Four, and he becomes the Super Skrull. Ah. Uh, so it kind of shows that the, the Skrull uh, not only are shape-shifters, but they can take powers, too, by okay. shape-shifting. Yeah, kind of copying. Right, exactly. So they copy you at a genetic level. Yep. Um, so that's kind of the... like It's a cool issue for that, because you get to see like the first appearance of the Super Skrull, who's an awesome character, who gets okay. referenced here, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, but the issue ends the way that issue ends is absolutely bizarre <laughs> because uh, the Fantastic Four like they fight the Skrulls initially but then they realize like oh you guys are just like refugees on this planet hiding from your military kind of yeah. like the Captain Marvel movie yeah exactly um, and so they're like well you need a safe place to hide on Earth like what can you do um, the logical explanation would be just give them random civilian identities just go be people. Yeah. Right? That's what you would think would happen. Exactly. But just give them think... a government job. They can work nine to five. Oh, sure. Let them lay low. Oh, do anything. Yeah. yeah. There's lots. Or be a part of the Baxter building. You know, anything. Yeah. Uh, but the solution that they have, and I just, I don't know where or how this <laughs> came to be, but Reed Richards is like, oh, and like, you can shape shift into anything. Well, the best place for you to blend in is just in the wild. So the scrolls literally shape shift permanently into cows. And live the rest of their lives as cows. And the, and the Fantastic Four just watch them march off into the plains. Yep. Like, moo, have a good <laughs> life. I know that's like almost pretty damn close to the bottom of the food chain, but yeah. go for it. And that's how that issue ends. So that that's implied to be a happy ending. Like, oh, they're cows now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is their life now. But we know all know what happens to cows. Yeah, and so that's where this. Uh, so I didn't know about this comic until I read this. This scroll kill crew. Um, it's from the it's from the nineties, so that explains the edge here. Yeah. Um, because this edgy new take is the 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 scroll kill crew. They got their powers when they ran into those scroll who turned into the cows. Yep. And cooked and ate them. <laughs> I f- I'm not kidding. This yep. is not a bit. This is from a book. Oh man, a person wrote that. This was that '90s edge where they were like, everything has to be metal and edgy <laughs> and cool, and they almost bankrupted comics. Yeah, it's like uh, kind of 
not quite cannibalism, but like alien cannibalism. Oh, it's it's fucked up. It, it's it's levels. morally like bankrupt, definitely. Oh yeah, because like, because <laughs> uh, to even take that concept and twist it into such a, like it's a goofy thing, but then to twist it and be like, nah, they got eaten. Don't know. Exactly, because like it's one thing if they were just like farmers, like oh we ran we ranched up some cattle like for slaughter. Now we could feed the family, but Which, it's like no, they're just like oh we're gonna eat those squirrels. Yeah, it could have been a story where like if you want to reference that, have them go back and like rescue the cows or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could play on that and make it kind of fun. Oh yeah, but this is fucking dark. <laughs> Just straight up cook them. So that's so that they're gonna tie into this. So she's like, yeah, I was one of those. Like, I I got this, I got my powers by eating one of those, but mine's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and, and the way they they re they recap all of this when I'm explaining the story of the yeah scrolls, they break it down. But the way they recap it is funny because they kind of like update the dialogue because as Mister Fantastic letting letting him go, he's like, there we go, a perfect humane permanent solution. <laughs> <laughs> totally justifiable and uh yeah and then she reveals the twist and she's like well not all of them became cows and then we cut back to mr fantastic and he's like oh look there's one more and then we cut down and this one's and it's a little duck and he yep. goes quack <laughs> and then how, it's just a, a hilarious like zoom in on on howard's face like his eyes and his total shock and horror. yeah it's hilarious he's, he's like oh dear God, <laughs> we get another wah moment. Oh yeah, this is the he's, he probably lets out all the wahs. Oh here. yeah, this is the prime one. Because she's like, no, 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 I didn't eat a duck. It was an alien that looked like a duck, and he's like, oh my god, <laughs> the concept. That's not better. <laughs> so he's literally like rocking back and forth in like a fetal position after this news. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but it does kind of it makes her because uh, now we have like a uh, kind of a role for her like on this like superhero team essentially because now it's like oh shit like she she's got some powers here exactly like how Duck even says he's like yeah like I I'm kind of glad like now I'm the sidekick to a superhero <laughs> right <It's> like, <laughs> now you're in charge yeah exactly and, and she kind of like does save the day because the way that they win this is. Uh, she convinces Talos that she is Clert, the Super Scroll, who yeah, I mentioned she, earlier. Yeah, imitates. Is like the is he the king at this point? Yeah, okay. at this point he leads the Scrolls. Gotcha. Um, so so he's like, oh Clert, like I've always respected you. Like of course, here here's the gems. Like I, I won this battle for you. Yep. And uh, and then she's like, well, some Scroll you are. You can't even recognize when you're being played by a shapeshifter. Yeah. And he's like, oh no, no. And then she gets <laughs> the the gems from him. And uh, Howard gets scooped up by uh, by Captain America and like tossed down and does a fastball special, which is the X Men move that Colossus and Wolverine always do. Yep. Uh, and so tosses him into Talos, where he grabs the uh, the gauntlet and puts it on. Yeah, this part's great. Luckily, doesn't uh, he doesn't get a Tony Stark treatment? No, yeah, he he, he doesn't uh, get fried. Yeah. Thankfully. This uh, this gauntlet's a little less hefty. I I would hope so. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, because he puts on the gauntlet, then we get a really cool artistic page where it's just, like, him, like, with red bloodshot or just completely red eyes, like, with the gauntlet on, and there's flashes. Why is there a Silver Surfer flash in a I'm not exactly sure what these images were uh, referencing, because they seem specifically chosen. I, they seem very specific. I wonder if maybe they're references to the gem, like, compassion, dance. Oh, could be, yeah. Um, I don't remember what they all were, but it could be. I mean, I don't, I don't know who Nightmare is supposed to be then. Yeah, because there's, like, Silver Surfer, Squirrel Girl, some random girls like pink hair yeah flowing. we only see the hair that one's the weirdest one yeah and then nightmare that's that's who that is the okay. guy with like the white eyes that's a doctor strange villain and what about the top of, oh is that just from a different uh before yeah that that's one of the ghosts that was yep, summoned yep. by the gem yeah you know? you're right yeah i don't know it seems specific yeah it's interesting yeah i'm not sure um but yeah so as, as she shapes this back there's a, a scene here that i thought was kind of clever because it kind of raises some interesting questions um because he he goes up to uh tara and she's like i'm hiding like i don't want to be seen by the superheroes and he's like why he's like oh i'm naked i shapeshift i don't have my clothes anymore. <laughs> and he's like wait you don't have your clothes you can't shapeshift clothes and, and she's like well i could but then that would be like my flesh i'd have yeah. like flesh clothes gross <laughs> that would be very gross yeah and that's the flesh clothes thing that's honestly it's something 
something I've thought about before, not just with Marvel, but like with Pokemon too. Oh, just yeah. Pokemon that wear Ditto. clothes. Um, yeah, Ditto can morph into things with clothes. Yep. Or there's even Pokemon that are like born with clothes, like belts and like suits and shit. And yeah, hats. that's that's a bad image. So like, I'm I when you try to imagine that, like, wait, that can't be clothes. They're born with it. Yeah. They fucking. So it's that, either it's a part type, of their body. It's either skin, weird skin, or hair. Which R- either option's not good. Yeah. So like, <laughs> if, if you go up to like a sock or a throw, like the two Pokemon who wear like uh like karate outfits, and you start like cutting off the belt, like what happens? Like, yeah. like oh god. I mean, if anything, it's probably just cartilage. So oh, I don't want to yeah, think about it. It's disgusting. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's kind of like what they what the the joke is here. It's yeah, like, yeah. No, that would be gross. Like yeah. I don't know how that happens. That, why would that be a thing? Yeah. And but then he has a, a comment that makes me think. He's like, oh wait, I'm gonna look at Mystique in a whole, totally different light now. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, oh god. God, you're right. Yeah, that's probably the. She does shape shift into clothes. I yep. don't think there's an explanation for that. Maybe um, any X Men fans, please uh, chime in. I, I haven't read enough X Men to answer that concretely, but I have to assume that's what happens. This I mean, has to be organic. It probably is, but her, but her skin isn't like normal, like biological skin. So like, it could form to any texture and material. Right. So you you could maybe like explain it like, oh, when she shape shifts, it creates clothing. Like in the clothing. Yeah, but then be- when she takes the clothing off as she's posing as that. Like she's yeah. posing as a human. She takes off their their clothes. That's like what happens when she morphs back, but doesn't have the clothes on. But she becomes the blue skin mystique, probably. Yeah. So she is naked, but I don't but know. she mor- <laughs> she created clothing. <laughs> so you could go down a huge rabbit hole. Yeah, with this, I I, she's like. creating something out of nothing. Oh, this is a business plan here. It's, yeah, it's a bad road to go down. M- Mystique's free coats. <laughs> You're putting money on top of them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the whole the whole thing kind of ends there because we have to wrap it up. There's a funny bit uh, at the end too because the whole reason this has to wrap up so quickly is because there was an event going on right now that we've probably talked about called uh, Secret Wars. It's the it's oh, meant yeah. to reference the story we were talking about before because yep. it's a similar concept. Yeah, it, was it kinda, came up last week. Yeah, we, it was the culmination of like the whole Jonathan Hickman Avengers run. So like literally the whole universe was about to be destroyed and rebuilt. Yeah. So all the books got renumbered at number one and started over, even if they were ongoing. Yeah. So this book stops at number five and gets renumbered again as a num- Howard the Duck number one with the same exact creative team and just literally can- keeps continuing. Okay. So that version of Howard the Duck number one is actually really Howard the Duck number six. Gotcha. Um, the, the image at the end I thought was hilarious because it's like a preview for the next story, but like not really. It's like a joke. Because <laughs> it's like, Howard gets a new hat. <laughs> it's like Howard's standing in a bunch of hats and he's like, what? <laughs> so that's hilarious. And it says, Howard the Duck returns. Same creative team. New number one, I guess. Thanks a lot, Hickman. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I thought that was a good bit. Uh, but that'll bring us to the end of Howard the Duck. I mean, if you want to keep reading this, like I said, it does continue on uh, for another, I think, like 12 issues or so. That one goes on a little bit longer. Um, and then I highly recommend all of, uh, like, Chip Zdarsky does a bunch of really good Marvel work. Like I mentioned, go read his Daredevil run because I'm enjoying the shit out of that every week. I'm keeping up with that on Marvel Unlimited with the rest of my books. Interesting. Yeah, um, I just started the uh, the Bendis run. Oh, nice. You, you're uh, getting into Daredevil now? Yep. Sweet. Well, didn't I tell you that? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you, you asked me for the starting point. I guess I didn't know how far you yeah, got. Yeah, I just started the, the first few issues, so. You got through that like initial like Wilson Fist story. Yep. Oh, dope. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say anything in case someone hasn't read it. But no, but go read uh, Bendis Daredevil. I mean, it's a spoiler from the year two thousand four. So I mean, yeah. Either true. way, though, we'll be nice. <laughs> oh yeah. We might cover it on the podcast eventually. Yeah, I, I definitely want to. to. Yeah. Um, but without further ado, we're about to. Best part. The whole reason we chose this, we're about yeah. to, we can finally discuss what we think of that Howard the Duck movie. Uh, I have some thoughts. Oh, yeah. I have some thoughts on this one. I just want to go over the plot briefly because it's pretty easy, just so people can follow along with what we're talking about. Well, right off the top, let's get out of the way. This was uh, presented and produced by George Lucas. Yes, the opening credits is George Lucas Presents. Yep. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, let's buckle up. 
Uh, and you can kind of see like some of like his special effects tricks in here. Oh yeah, because the effects are done by uh, Visual Light and Magic, which I, I think was his company. That was people that did Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can kind of see some of the things there, but it, like, um, like Howard the Duck kind of does look almost like Ewokish, like in his movements. Like I think they use like similar strategies, like put someone in a suit. Yep, exactly. Um, but. Let's just get this out of the way too. The movie opens up on Duck Planet, oh, which I was not expecting. I, was I figured not they'd either. cut all that. Yeah, I feel I feel like that was going to be way too much money for them to drop. And it is shocking. <laughs> it is like this movie opens up in a shocking way. <laughs> this went way more like '90s MTV than I was expecting it. Oh to. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we open up and it's Howard the Duck just kind of in his like you know cheap apartment, yeah, just sitting on a dirty recliner, yeah, uh, watching TV, getting classic duck puns. He's got posters that are like like Rocky Rococo posters. Yeah, it's like all just parodies, and instead of like pizza references, it's just duck references. Right. There's like an Indiana Jones one that says "Breeders of the Lost Storks." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's some gold in there. Yeah, so apparently there's storks on that planet too. Um, maybe it's just a bird planet. Oh well, I mean the way I explained it is on his planet, birds were the ones who became like the dominant uh, intelligent life form through but evolution. I think they say specifically duck. I think they do say duck. Yeah. So, so the, there must be other birds that didn't. There's evolve. some continuity issues. Yes. Yeah. Uh, heesh. But yeah, like I said, this is a planet of ducks, yep. and so everyone's a duck. So they show like commercials of like what's on duck TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it gets pretty weird. Yeah. Cause uh, then he pulls out a play duck magazine. Yes. Which, oh uh, God. There, so there's a play duck magazine. Yep. With a full, it's like a full spread of like a sexy duck. Full centerfold. <laughs> so if you ever wanted to see a sexy duck. Yeah. So if your question, if one of your questions before watching this movie was, are they going to show duck titties? Your answer is yes. Yes. We do get, uh, <laughs> Howard the duck gets dragged out like by his chair and sucked into the nexus of all realities. Yep. Pretty accurate to the comics. I'll give them that. Yep. Um, and gets sucked out first of all, through every room of the apartment. So he goes like a bunch of through, through a bunch of rooms and we see, like you said, a topless duck in the bath. No, that's the second pair of duck titties. Oh, you're right. There's oh, one in the Play Duck magazine. Oh, yeah, you're right. There's yeah, a lot so, of duck nudity. Yeah, so the Play Duck magazine gets whipped out, and you're like, okay, they got that out of the way. There had to be duck tits. They had to throw it in. And then <laughs> you get sucked out into the other universe, and then it's another actual duck in like a bathtub taking a bath with more duck titties. It's like, man, they, they needed to land I was not expecting, nor wanting, or I just didn't. <laughs> I, didn't wa- I didn't think about it. I didn't want it. I one didn't question want it that I, I didn't it. know that I had that did get answered is, would anthropomorphic ducks have nipples over the feathers? And the answer is yes. The answer they would. is yes. There's just oh, They definitely God. would. That's, that's, the, that's honestly the worst part. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So that that's all something that happened. But thankfully, yep. mercifully, we're taken away from the duck planet. <laughs> and yeah, brought to Earth in the 1980s. That's and right. it is very apparent. Oh, this is prime 80s. Like, oh, yeah. If you want to know what the 80s was like, I, can, I wasn't alive during the 80s. I just have to assume this is what it was. I mean, if you watch any movie or listen to any music from the 80s, you can get the gist. Yeah, I think it was just literally a bunch of underground uh, hair metal bars with anthropomorphic ducks walking around just chilling. I think yep. that's what the 80s was. And insane hairstyles. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he led Lands outside an alley by like what I can assume is the Mortal Kombat fighting stage. <laughs> Essentially, yes. <laughs> it's basically Roadhouse, and there's a uh, there's an '80s uh, like female hair metal band that's basically like a heart kind of band. Yeah, kind of like that. And Leah Thompson plays the the lead singer, and yeah. she's awesome in this movie. Yeah, like, she ends up being the main basically main character besides Howard the Duck. Right. And yeah. she you know she kind of helps him get on his feet and figure out where the hell he is and all that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and we get some some. We actually do get some references to the comics, like uh, during his first fight scene with like some, yeah. some alleyway street toughs. He's yeah, like, Leah Thompson's leaving the gig, and Howard the Duck. He had recently got kicked out, and he's like laying in a freaking trash can. Right. So and they Leah- try to like assault her, and he's like, "Oh, not on my watch!" And yeah, jumps like- out of the garbage can. And he's like, "I know Quack Fu." <laughs> yeah. So, Which yeah. actually is a reference to the uh, to the comics. They reference it in the the book we just read too. We didn't talk about it, but they do. Yeah, they do. Okay, it comes um, up. Yeah, because that's actually one of the very first issues of Howard the Duck. Uh, it was the original run was kind of like the one we just read, where yep. it was like him meeting a bunch of Marvel characters a lot of times. Okay, and so there's an early early issue where he meets Shang Chi, the master of kung fu. He's getting his own Marvel movie soon. Yeah, they explain it in the comics. Yeah, so he gets like he learns, but for some reason when he does it, it's called Quack Fu. Just yeah, because yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's not, I I I love it. Uh, but anytime he's fighting, it's it looks <laughs> it looks hilarious. Oh yeah, it doesn't look smooth. I think what makes this movie bad is like the tone is just so uneven and weird. Like, I think you could have made this an entertaining, like, comedy, like an adult comedy, but it's, like, not, it is that sometimes, and, like, it definitely is that. It's an adult, like, don't take your kids to this movie. Oh, God, no. Like, it's rated R. But that's the thing is, like, if you look at this movie, you would have to assume it's for kids, right? It looks like it's made for kids. Yep, and they're, like, specific characters that are so overly campy that they just don't fit in with what else is happening with other right. characters. Right, like, kind of like Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers kind exactly. of humor, where it's like, do it, do The best example is Tim Robbins. Yes. Tim, we meet Tim Robbins, who is a, a med student or a doctor student or scientist, whatever. Like a goofy, over-the-top, wobbly scientist. Yeah, he's basically yeah. just a wobbly, mad scientist who is like a cartoon character. Yeah, his character was really annoying. I hated it, him it was so the, much. Honestly, like, I think, Tim was the Ro- worst. I think Tim Robbins wants people to forget this movie ever Yeah, he should existed. be ashamed of this movie. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm, I like Tim Robbins. Obviously, Shawshank, classic. But, like, this movie is like... I. Watching this movie and scenes he was in, I felt like it was so, just cringe as all. Yeah, because like it's like you could say like, oh, he he was in a bad movie. What's he gonna do? But that's not a good excuse. No. Leah Thompson slayed in this movie. Yeah, dude, low key or high key actually. Leah yeah. Thompson like basically drove this movie. Yeah, she was am- like, unironically <laughs> amazing in this movie. So yeah. don't tell me that the script held him back because she was like, nah, forget that. Yeah, because she was handed a plate of dog shit and she made it sparkle. She was like, no, I'm gonna make this character <laughs> fucking cool. And yeah, she like, fucking did. Yeah, somehow <laughs> by the grace of God, like she made that movie. Be semi-enjoyable yeah uh, but he yeah he's a mess the scene where she brings howard to him is hilarious too, oh god she, she's like wait i can't just walk you through the street what are we oh my do? god yeah <laughs> so she puts him in a garbage bag <laughs> drags him through the street like a dead body <laughs> yeah literally drags him up a bunch of like granite steps up to like a freaking library and it's like what are you doing <laughs> everyone's like, walking by like mommy what's in that bag <laughs> and, like she looks like a straight-up murderer <laughs> So there's some scenes in here where it's like it's hard to tell what they were going for. Is this supposed to be funny? Because like, yeah. I don't think I'm laughing for the right reasons. Exactly. Um, this, there's also a weird scene where it's like uh, Howard like doesn't have a job, and there's this weird scene where it's like it seems like the creators of this movie like hated the poor or like hated the unemployed. Yeah, which probably fits for that period, I guess. <laughs> yep. Um, because it's like him literally like in. His oh yeah, un- this is Reagan era. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> this right. Is prime. Oh, you're right. Yeah, this is this is prime for that. Yep. Because uh, it's him like in an unemployment office, and the way they treat this place, it's almost like these like it's like a room full of people who don't want to work, which is like a classic like lazy trope. Yeah, it's your classic welfare like queens yeah, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, because literally she's like threatening the people in here with jobs i'm like this is ridiculous <laughs> right like oh yeah well what if i give you a job like that would be great that's what i'm here for what is happening <laughs> yeah it's it's bad because like because he's like oh yeah well you want to work i'll make you work it's like great i'm yeah, unemployed like, that, that's literally why 
why I came here. Yeah, <laughs> but they make it seem like that. Like, oh, I'll, I'll put you where you don't want to. I'll give you a job you don't want. Yeah. It's so like, yeah, what? she's. This she is not how these places work. Exactly. She ends up throwing them in like the most unrealistic, like fantasy sex sauna, like on the face oh, of the planet. Oh yeah. I keep That's where she ends up getting him a job. Scene. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that scene because it's like two minutes long and it's like inexplicable. It literally two minute scene of him in working a, in a sex a neon sex sauna <laughs> where he's the guy that wipes down the loads. <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> and then it literally goes on for two minutes and then like something like a crazy uh like blockage happens and the boss is like Howard the Dark and then yeah. and then he's like I'm getting out of here. There's like a tub filled with like sludge and like he pushes him in. He's like yeah the boss yeah the boss throws him into the jacuzzi. <laughs> and then, yeah so then he ends up leaving and that's it. There's no point to this. That scene. whole scene was like why did that happen? Completely it was <laughs> just to show tits. Yeah that's literally all it was. That's why this movie's so weird. I know like it's the 80s it's your classic like well we gotta throw tits in there somewhere. Yeah it's like let's have him work at a sex jacuzzi. This is Howard the Duck. Is that gonna like seem like it? Like is that gonna weird people out? Yeah. Yes. Put it in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. So yeah, he's Howard the Duck's like, well, I'm not getting through this life working at random sex sauna. So I'm gonna try to have. I'm gonna go back to Leah Thompson and have her help me. <laughs> right. So he goes back and uh, kind of has like a conversation with her, where he learns that like she's kind of uh, being held down by like uh, a manager who won't let her out of a contract and keeps making her do like these gigs at this like shady bar. Yeah, it's like pocketing all their money. Right. And so Howard's like, don't worry, I'll get you out of this, and walks up to the bar and has like this the cringiest like interaction ever with these goons yep um and so yeah he gets them out of their contract he howard the duck continuously gets like thrown across the room that's a kind of a no, trope okay. that happens this is one of the best scenes in the movie because he ends up like just basically getting in a, a fight with them he runs around he runs along the bar like flip doing the classic duck like burr, 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 burr. And, and then he ends up finding a bunch of pies and oh, cakes yeah. and literally it's just a sequence of one goon running at Howard the Duck and Howard the Duck just kind of sits there and puts the cake down and holds they, the pie out yeah, <laughs> they waits run, for the guy to run they, into it yeah run face first into cake and it's just a succession of goons running face first into Howard's the Duck's like cake like they're just trying to get the cake yeah <laughs> like here's who wants to be next <laughs> me pie me next face first <laughs> yeah like it, it's ridiculous yeah like the way this movie is shot is ugly <laughs> yeah but I, I kind of loved it too because it's just like oh, it's constant goofy cake comedy yes <laughs> if you like people getting pied in the face you'll love that scene triple oh it's golden and so yeah he gets them out of their contract and the girls are like yeah you, you did it howard like yeah, he's you were the right man. this guy's great <laughs> and like there's like uncomfortable scenes where it's like uh leah thompson and howard the duck are like oh yeah you're you're my man and the other people in the band are like are you gonna fuck that duck? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> is she having sex with that duck and then and then we are introduced to a scene where uh howard the ducks you know they're getting ready to call it a night oh and they're in bed scene. together Oh, no. And me and Paul are just sitting there like, is this about to happen? Yeah, the whole time we're like, make this scene stop. This like, scene should stop Because at this point, we've seen duck titties. We've seen a sex sauna with titties flying around. And now we've got a half-naked woman and a duck man in a bed. Oh, yeah. And we are very nervous. They do everything <laughs> that they can to make you think that this is about to be a graphic sex scene. Yeah, like, like they, they get extremely close. And then... Because she's like, she's like super into it. She's like, no, I, like you'll be with me, duck. Yeah, like, she, I love your smooth feathers. And he's like, oh, no, please. Yeah, she's the one like pressing hard but luckily like they get a kiss in and then tim robbins crazy scientist comes in with a bunch of scientists just walk into their yeah, apartment walk like, straight in and tim robbins like oh the door was open yeah it's like okay great come back <laughs> later maybe yeah it what is it one in the morning yeah so they all show up and they explain like oh like this machine like uh they kind of explain like how howard got here yeah because they have this like giant machine that's like fucking with realities pointing into space yeah sci-fi mumbo they don't explain it it yeah. doesn't make sense it's basically a giant 
beam it that doesn't goes, have to either. It, yeah, whatever. It's, it's fine. It's, it's like, a sure, teleport. The cosmic beam, beam sure. Yep. Whatever you have. Whatever. And so they're like, yeah, it's the thing that brought you back. I think if we calibrate it right, we might be able to send you back too. Yep. Um. And so like this this mega like laser thing ends up being a. a big part of what the movie's going to be moving forward yeah because they keep fucking with it and yeah i didn't understand this part so the dude's like yeah we might be able to send you back so then it's like all right to the beam and somehow that dude gets there before they do and before they get there he uses the beam on himself yeah the sequence is weird it's yeah confusing. so then it malfunctions there's a big explosion everyone in the fucking science lab's going crazy and then the dude's missing, and they're like, well, we got to figure out what to do now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so the um, Tim Robbins and that other scientist dude come with them. And uh, and it seems like the the other one, the guy with the mustache, has been, like, possessed by, like, a spirit that came through the ray. Yeah, he's, like, freaking out. He is not looking well. And this is the worst part of the movie by a handful, I think so. Like, yep. this character in general. Oh, God, yeah. Because it is a mess. Because he comes back, and, like... They wanted it to be, the take that they're going for here is, it's kind of cool on paper. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, they used the beam again, the one that pulled Howard the Duck, except this time they pulled something else from, like, uh, the cosmos. Yeah. And it's like this, kind of like the negative spirit almost in Doom Patrol. It's like this, like, ethereal spirit that possesses bodies and takes them over. Yep. uh, To try to rule the world. They're like evil, the cosmic lords. They're like, yeah, evil archons. So, on paper, that's kind of cool. Yep. But the way that they portray it is, like, the laziest, we ran out of money bullshit ever. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it's literally, like, he is, like, driving the car. And this sequence is ridiculous. Because they have him drive the car even though he's, like, yeah. dying. This dude's visibly ill, like, on the verge of, like, dying. And they're like, here, take the keys. <laughs> it's like, no, you drive. So there's a 20-minute sequence of him just, like, doing GTA driving, like, through the sides of streets. Yeah. Going the wrong way up the streets. While like they're the- fighting with the steering wheel, like, oh, look out. It's what? like, why did you give him the keys? <laughs> right. And they're like, grab the brake. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and so and he's like the take they're going for here and he's like oh my insides it feels like something's taking over yeah so we're expecting you know an alien chest pops right i was expecting like an alien like uh, xenomorph to like pop out of his stomach and yep. like crawl out totally I mean, it would have looked bad sure but yeah. i was like that'd be kind of cool yeah but the way they go with it is it's like literally the actor just like looks up and he's like no i am an evil overlord now <laughs> yeah literally he's doing just, a voice just puts on a funny voice like not even an effect or anything on his nope. voice he's just like i am an evil overlord now that's not far off like <laughs> it's ridiculous and so the other actors are just probably trying to take it seriously like ooh that's scary yeah they don't believe him they just play <laughs> yeah. they play it dumb and they go to a diner <laughs> <laughs> So they're literally sitting at a diner with a duck man, a normal looking woman. Don't mind my friend, he's just an eldritch demon. Yeah, he's literally sitting there like, Ugh. and like I the will waitress. Have the demon hamburger. <laughs> yeah, the waitress is just sitting there like nervous as shit. Like, oh, you're a duck man and you're a demon? That's yeah. nice. So yeah, he slowly starts like progressively getting worse and worse and he randomly shoots laser eyes at the ketchup and mustard bottles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this ketchup and mustard will be my first victim. Yeah, and, and then we break out into a duck hate crime where the patrons of the diner like grab Howard the Duck and like oh, start yes. seasoning. This him. was scary because it's like um yeah they have like Howard like they tie him down to a table and like, the whole crowd of the restaurant gathers around to watch him chop up this intelligent. Oh, yeah. duck. This, this is a merry old time. Like there's like guy who like grabs it he's, like gather around kids. Yeah, Wait, Leah Dad, Thompson. I'm not done eating. Nope, get in the kitchen. Yeah, so Le- <laughs> Leah Thompson's freaking out and this was actually a pretty gold scene because she's freaking out like no please don't hurt him. And then she screams out like he's my boyfriend and then everyone pauses and like it goes silent. Some dude just turns around and goes that's disgusting. <laughs> And then they just proceed to almost killing him and cooking him. Right. And so, so then, yeah, she pleads with uh, fucking possessed guy. Well, the to demon help lord him. just kind of goes nuts at that point. This is where he kind of gets some special effects, but it's yeah. like 
bad. It's like imagine Ghostbusters, but way, way worse. Because the farthest it goes is like they give him some warts and they make him all sweaty and make him look like he's losing some hair. And he has like that Ghostbusters kind of lightning effect. Yeah, they give him like an aura like of colors around him. It's it's pretty lame. Yeah, oh, it's terribly lame. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, by far the worst character in the movie. Oh, God, yeah. Um... So yeah, so they were like, fuck it, let's get eggs. Oh, is he a demon? Now he's fine. Oh, we almost got cut up? That's fine too. Forget yeah. it. All right, now let's go on to the next wacky Maybe thing. now we should do something about all this. So they <laughs> end up just going back where they came from. Yep. Um, and so the, the demon lord like takes uh, Leah Thompson with him and, and like goes back because he's going to basically use her as the next vessel for the next demon to come through. Yep. And so he captures her, takes her back to the telescope. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, we get a 20-minute sequence of uh, Howard oh. the Duck saving Tim Robbins, and they go on a wacky biplane fucking Chase ride. scene. It's a long scene. It's straight up, I like. Uh, I wish I timed it. It's almost 20 minutes. It's so obnoxious. It's unbelievable. It's just like Tim Robbins like hanging out of the plane, like, whoa, I yeah. can't get back in. Yep, and then Howard the Duck goes over a lake, and Tim Robbins is hanging off, and the water's hitting his head, and it's just like, oh, Howard, lift up. There's kind of a cool part where like Howard flies over like a bunch of like duck hunters, oh, and he's yeah, like, okay. fuck you hunters that was a good bit they fly over a group of duck hunters in a swamp and all the duck hunters like freak out and fall off their boat yeah howard like like, flies low he's like i'll get you bastards yeah it's like flight of the valkyries yeah that was pretty good yeah that was a good bit um but yeah so they they go back to the telescope and this is where we get some i'll call it cgi but that's being generous we get the rancor light Oh, yeah. Like the Eldr- <laughs> we see what the Eldritch Lord is supposed to be. This is kind of more what I wanted. Yeah. It looks bad, but it's what I wanted. Yeah, it megamorphs into uh, a worm scorpion. It's like a big toothed like, lobster-looking yeah. thing, I guess. That's, that's a good description. Um, but it's very like uh, gross and stringy, and like uh, it's animated like five frames a second. You can tell it's stop-motion superimposed onto the film. Yeah, well, it, it's, it very much it looks like the animation style of the original Rancor. I think that's a good way to compare yeah. it to. Yeah. Um, and actually, the design of it is not too... Not bad. It's pretty cool. Not yeah. bad. It's kind of like scary looking, so I'm like, I'll take that. Yeah. It's kind of what I wanted. It was an effort. It's better than the fucking uh, <laughs> Dr. Eggman that we had before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dr. Eggman shooting Palpatine lightning. With a funny voice. Yeah. That's basically what he was before he morphed. Yep. Uh, and so we get Howard the Duck basically chasing this thing around with like a gun on like a go-kart. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's, it's basically a BFG. It's a bad sequence. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, I can't get it to aim and line up. Yeah, because he has to drive and aim and shoot the gun at the same time. Yeah, it's a but after the CGI fight, like the, everything's saved. They saved the day. They rescued Leah Thompson. Yeah, because they have to blow up the beam, or it comes down to Howard has to either like blow up the beam to like stop the dude from uh, getting or sending his dudes to Earth, or it, but if he does, then he can't get back to his planet. So right. it's like, well, what do you do? So that's kind of a good twist. That, that's yeah. not bad in a vacuum where it's yeah. like, you know what? I, I got to save the day regardless of what I want. Exactly. Like, this is for the people. Yeah. Yep. So he blows up the the ray and he's like, well, I guess I can never go home. But Leah Thompson's like, oh, you don't have to go home. Like, you're welcome here. Like, yep. you're, you're one of the people now. Yeah. Um. And so th- up to this point, this whole movie's been terrible. Like, it's there's been some parts it's, that yeah, have been kind been of enjoyable. Yeah, there's been a handful of, like, funny bits. But this movie's about as good as I expected up to this point. Yeah. But then it cuts to the final scene. And all of a sudden, I think I this final se- sequence is basically like a victory concert yeah. with Leah Thompson's like hair metal band. Yeah, and they have like a new song they're gonna play. Yeah, they're not playing grungy dive bars anymore. They're actually in like a pretty big stadium. Yep. Like so, so Howard the Duck, the manager, has been killing it. Yeah, because she's like, I dedicate this new song to our new manager. Yeah. And like Howard the Duck's like on the side, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we get like what's actually a really fucking cool scene that I was thoroughly surprised. Yeah, this scene was like they took a whole like musical number of her like doing her new song called Howard the Duck, which yep. slaps. 
honestly, it's a really good song. I hate how jammy it is. Yeah, I've had the song stuck in my head like three days. Oh yeah, since we watched it yeah. easily. It's been three straight days of Howard the Duck in my head. Because it's not just like the concert too. Like she's singing the, the Howard the Duck song, and it's like you know the crowd's going nuts, and like that. And it's Leah Thompson doing the singing too. Yeah, Leah Thompson actually did sing for this movie, and it's great. So that's why like, I I love her in this movie because like she like made this character like fucking cool. Yeah, like without Leah Thompson in this movie, this is an unwatchable movie. Oh, easily, <laughs> absolutely easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, because like she's and she like uh like has like the movements of like kind of like the like a hair metal kind of lead singer too. Oh yeah. Like kind of like you know how they would like do tricks with the guitar. Yeah, and it's kinda, classic like, hair metals like stage opera. Rock. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like she sells it pretty well, and she's got like cool costumes and whatnot. Yep. Um, but then the bit is that Howard the Duck like gets trapped on like one of the moving parts in the background and ends up on the stage. Yep. And everyone's like, the crowd's ghost nuts. They're like, Howard, Howard. So you know what's coming. Yep. Tim Robbins comes out of nowhere and hands him a guitar and a guitar uh. pick. And he's like, shred. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so like, and like, it's a perfect part in the song where Leah Thompson like looks at him, gives him the fist bump, and she's like, take it, Howard. Bust into a mad oh, yeah. guitar solo. And literally like doesn't he, without even knowing how to play the guitar, the kid looks down and he's a fucking natural. Because <laughs> like literally he starts shredding. It's like just shred. Yeah, it's it's like unironically great. I hated it, but I loved it. Yeah, because then like and then like him and Leah Thompson both like doing like do like alternating like call and response like guitar bits. Yeah, they yeah, then they break into a side like back to back. Yep, like yeah, it's like where like one of them will do like a guitar solo and like point to the other one and they're like no i got something oh, like yeah. she's like playing the guitar with her chin yeah, like, it's like a classic guitar hero battle yeah exactly <laughs> and so like, that, that part was all great and so like it, as the credits roll you get like the rest of that song yeah i posted Honestly, it, it's a jam yeah I, I posted it on twitter like I, go look up this the whole thing because I've, I've watched it like way more times than I mean, I it's not hard just google howard the duck 80 song so yeah so i think i am gonna play that at the end just so people can get a, at least a little bit of it i'm gonna put in that that sick uh guitar solo <laughs> yeah no for sure howard the duck god damn <laughs> it's such gold. Oh uh, yeah. So um so next week we'll be back um obviously with a new a new series. We're actually going to be finally starting our Doom Patrol coverage. Oh hell yeah. Um we're going to be doing a four-part series on the Doom Patrol. So we're going to be getting back into a longer series. It's been a while since we did one that was more than 3. So and we're going to be covering first season episodes. Yes. What we're going to do is um we're going to do the first episode covering the first six issues of Doom Patrol, which is uh, From the Wreckage, I think that first arc's called, and then yep. right after that, the Jack story, the two-issue Jack story. Okay. So we're going to do that one next week, and then we're going to discuss pretty much all of season one next week, because we've talked about the show a little bit already. Yeah. Um, not on this podcast, actually. We did a guest bit on yep. the Super Sons podcast, which you guys can go listen to. It was... Uh, the Super Sons podcast, uh, run by Dan, friend of the show. He was on for our Suicide Squad episode. Oh yeah. Um, he uh, he basically had a, a bit in his podcast where he had a bunch of people do uh, one one episode bits on like a bunch of DC shows, and we got the Doom Patrol. Yep. So we've actually already talked about the show uh, for like an hour. Yeah. Um, already. So you can go look at that if you want to hear like our thoughts on kind of like the characters and the show overall. Well, we'll we will be talking about it more next week, kind of more like the later episodes. Yeah, it'll be more broad stroke though. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, there's a few episodes I want to talk. About about in detail too like oh, the, like the yeah. underground episode and like the Danny, Danny Patrol Str- yeah, the, Danny, yeah. the best episode in the show still yep. um, so yeah I want to I talk about all that because uh, Doom Patrol is the shit and I want to get to it yeah if you haven't watched it and if you haven't been like keeping up with the season going on now it's been phenomenal oh yeah and you can catch up yeah it's on uh, I think now it's on HBO also HBO Max yeah Yeah. so now you can watch it on DC Universe or HBO yep Um. so we'll be we'll be catching up on season one or at least talking about it next week and then we'll be getting into season two the week after that we're gonna do three episodes in a row talking about season two after that yeah yeah 
Um, and so we, we, if I time that right, we should be wrapping it up right as the f- season two finale happens, too. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what we wanted to happen. Yep. So by then, I think we'll be pretty far into the Morrison run. Like, I think we'll be kind of right at the Ant Farm arc, like where we meet Danny the Street. I okay. think that's where that'll land us. Gotcha. Um, I want to, um, obviously, assuming that Doom Patrol gets a season three, we'll come back to it when that wraps up around again. Yeah. Because um, then once we once we get uh, enough into the Morrison run, I do want to start covering some of the other writers on the Doom Patrol. Yeah, for uh, sure. Because Grant Morrison is obviously the one that has the most influence. Like, he kind of set the stage for what the tone of Doom Patrol would be for the rest of, like, forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are some good runs that take place after that. I'm actually right now in my own time reading the Rachel Pollock run on Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. which comes right after the Grant Morrison run. And I highly recommend if you haven't read that, go read that as well. Especially if you're reading Morrison, just keep keep reading it like after Morrison's done most people put down the book but you should just pick up the next issue because that's where Rachel Pollock's run starts hmm. um, and her her stuff has all been really good yeah so some far. of the stuff you've been showing me this look great yeah th- that's kind of where like the uh, we'll talk about it when we get more into the season two episodes yeah, yeah. but that's where like the sex ghosts come from yep. and, like some of the stuff they're getting into in season two <laughs> hell yeah uh, some people who don't know Doom Patrol are like sex ghosts wait a minute should I be watching this <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't hook the you. short answer is yes yes <laughs> a big yes you should all right, so that, that'll bring us to the end of our episode this week. Join us next week for the Doom Patrol. But until then, we're going to hit it with some Howard the Duck. Lay it down. Mm-hmm. Lay it down, Howard. <laughs>